and we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a seat. Oh, good. Ah, good evening, everybody. We are continuing on in our study in the book of Revelation, which is all about the revelation of Jesus, and, and he's, as he's going to be revealed as the triumphant, amazing, victorious one at, at the end of the age, and so we get this, we get this great pick, uh, uh, a great insight into what's, what's going to be taking place as Jesus is, is revealed. Last week, we had, an, uh, we had this amazing set of chapters, chapters four and five, and we started looking at, um, at how, uh, how the throne room of, of God is, and, and what's going on, and we saw the Ancient of Days, we saw, um, God the Father seated on the throne and we saw these uh, the worship of God the Father we saw the the living creatures declaring holy 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 Lord God the Almighty who was and is and is to come and then they were declaring why is he worthy of worship because he's holy but also because he created all things and by him uh, everything was by his will everything was made and so we're, we're, we're declaring and seeing the, the, the awesomeness of worship of God the Father in heaven we're seeing um, the thunder are we seeing thunder no we're seeing lightning and and then there's these this these peals of thunder there's this emerald rainbow of of the glory of god the father there's just this powerful image of of god the father and 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 he's being worshipped on the throne and then we turn the page and and we see that in his hand god's hand is a scroll uh, a sealed scroll seven seals on this scroll and and nobody was found worthy to to take this scroll and open the uh, open the seals and yet and and so john starts weeping but they're like don't don't cry because there is one and the lamb or the lion of the tribe of du- judah comes forward and he takes the scroll and when john sees him he sees a lamb looking as if it had been slaughtered or slain and, and the lamb, uh, the lamb is, is, is then worshipped as the all-powerful, all-knowing, uh, uh, the one who purchased people for God from every tongue and tribe and people and nation. And so you have this amazing glimpse of, of God the Father on the throne and, and Jesus, the Lamb of God, taking this scroll. What's on the scroll? We don't know. We don't know what's on the scroll. It's sealed. It's perfectly sealed. Seven seals along this. But we do now know. We do know that that the that the uh, the Lamb of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, has taken the scrolls, and then he's going to start breaking them. He's going to start breaking, and we're going to look today at what happens now that the Lamb has the scroll, and what happens as he starts to break each one and, and open up. What's going to take place on, on the earth? Now, one of the main questions that scholars have when it comes to the breaking of these seals uh, is when does this take place? When, 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 when has it taken place? When will it take place? Uh, has it partially taken place? Like, that's one of the great questions of the ages. Now, I, I realize that probably we're now at the point of our study where next week I'm just going to I'm just going to pause our, our series here in Revelation for a second, and I'm going to just lay out, here's the four views of the end times. Uh, here, here they are. Here's what, what the four different people believe, and so we can just kind of have some clarity, and I'll, I'll say it once. You'll remember it forever, <laughs> and, and, and we'll, just, we'll just go from there. So we'll just, we'll just add that in next week, but, but for now, you, you, the, the scholars want to know when, when, and I understand that, and I, you probably do. If you've ever prayed anything in your life, you, you've probably played 
prayed, God, when will you do this? When will you help me? When will you intervene in my situation? When will you, uh, w- when will you fulfill the promises that you made? When, when, when? And, and very often in the Bible, uh, God doesn't say when. Very often he says what he is going to do, that we can bank on the certainty of what he's going to do. Sometimes he says when, but it's, it's not as clear as we would ideally like it to be. Um, but very often when it comes to the when, God keeps that like an off-limits secret sometimes, especially when it comes to the end times. Jesus himself, Jesus, Jesus While he was on earth, when he's asked about when will these things take place, as he's talking about a little bit about the end times and stuff, um, Jesus says, I don't know. Only the Father knows. Now, that's the paraphrased version. You can can look that up. But he's like, no, that's something that just the Father knows. The when was was an off-limit secret. He hadn't told the Son while he was on earth when that was going to happen. So we don't know when the, these are happening, when these seals, breakings, if they have or will happen. But we do know why. We know why. And so before we look at the specific judgments uh, that are being uh, poured out as, as these seals are broken, I want to remind you of, of why God is doing this. Why, why he is unleashing uh, his justice on the earth. And the most simple answer is, God has been supremely wronged. God the Father has been supremely wronged by, his, by those he's made, by, by, the, by, by everything he's given life to. He's been supremely wronged, and, and yet now, because of what Jesus has done on the cross, he will now be someday working on fixing this wrong, intervening in this wrong, and, and getting us to the point where God is being wronged to the point where all living creatures are rightly praising God the Father. That's what's, what Jesus is going to be setting right. Now, our glimpse of God the Father, when it comes to God who created all things, it reminds us that He's worthy. That he's worthy of, of praise. He's wor- worthy of the praise from every human being on the planet, every creature on the planet. He's worthy because he made it all. But he's been robbed of his praise. He's been robbed from his praise coming from all creation ever since Lucifer, whom he created, stopped praising and started rebelling. And since that point, it's been off. Because he deserves all praise from all of his creation. So the God the Father has been supremely wronged. Jesus was supremely wronged, crucified on a cross, rejected by his people. Uh, pe- the people of God throughout the ages have been wronged, been wronged for, for their connection to Jesus. And so the significance of the Revelation 4 and 5 moment, which we looked at last week, uh, the, the Revelation 5 moment is where, where Jesus takes the scroll and, and, and he's about to open the seals. When he, when he takes it, it's because what he has done on the cross, Jesus has earned the right to intervene in the wrong. That's the cross. Jesus earned the right to intervene in all this wrongness and open the scroll, to break the seals. We're told even before we, we, the first seal is broken what God's aim for all these judgments are, what he is aiming for, what the goal is, and that was in Revelation 5.13. We read that last week. Um, it's on the screen here. 
This is, this is what the destination is. This is, what, what, um, this is the why. I heard every creature, every creature in heaven, on earth, under the earth, on the sea, and everything in them say, blessing and honor and glory and dominion to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Every creature worshiping God. That's what he's worthy of. And then if you see at the end of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 21, verse 3, this, this, this scene where, then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he, will be, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. This is, this is where it's all going. This is, this, is, this is why Jesus is intervening. This is what he is bringing about in all of this justice. Every creature worshiping and praising God. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how it will be as Jesus intervenes to make it right. What's happening right now in, in, in our world today is horrifically different than it ought to be. It, 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 it's horrifically different than what God deserves. Most people are defying God. Most people are fighting against God, insulting God, uh, rebelling against God, mocking God, hurting God's people, shaming God's people, mocking them. And it's been going on long enough. But someday, Jesus, the worthy one, is going to step forward. He's going to take the scroll, whatever's on this scroll, out of the hand of God and start breaking the seals, thus beginning the process of throwing down and destroying those who have been fighting against God, those who've hated God, those who've not worshipped Him as, as the worthy one who made them. Now, I want to make a comment here. In our generation, Christians included, have, have taken this idea of God creating in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. They've taken that away from God. And, and, and they've, they've been okay with other ideas for how living things exist. But this is an anchor reason in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation on why God is worthy. It is no tiny thing to take away from God this idea that He created all things by his will. It is a massive thing to take that away from God. Even subtly in, in your heart as, as you think it through. And I'm just going to put that out there. You take that away from God. The Bible declares this is, at the end of the ages is why he is supremely worthy of being worshipped by us. Be careful with that one. It's no small thing. Okay, so with that in mind, Jesus takes the scroll, breaks the first seal, and the goodness of God, the, the long-awaited, cried-out-for justice of God starts unfolding on the earth. And, and here's what we read in chapter 6. It says, Then I saw the Lamb open one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures say with a loud voice, Come, and I looked, and there was a white horse. The horseman on it had a bow a crown was given to him and he went out as a victor to conquer two things this is not jesus on the white horse Je that jesus is on a white horse other peoples and beings are allowed to ride white horses other than uh jesus uh this is not jesus and the bow that it had is not a bow 
you know, on the head, hair, bow, tie. No, uh, this is a warrior bow. When, when he opened the second seal, verse 3, I heard the sound, of, I heard the second living creature say, come, and, and then another horse went out, a fiery red one, and its horseman was empowered to take peace from the earth so that the people would slaughter one another, and a large sword was given him. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come, and, the, and, I, and I looked, and there was a black horse. The horseman on it had a set of scales in his hand. And I, then I heard something like a voice among the four living creatures say, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius. But do not harm the olive oil and the wine. Don't harm the wine. Don't harm the wine. I'm, I'm going to watch this. Is the wine ever hurt? No, no, let's don't harm the wine. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard of the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come! And, 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 I heard, and I looked, and there was a pale green horse. The horseman on it was named Death, and Hades was following after him. Authority was given to them, the four horsemen, over a fourth of the earth, to kill by the sword, by famine, by plague, and by, wild by the wild animals of the earth. Okay, so here, here we are. The, the seals are the first four are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Apocalypse, apocalypse. Uh, that's also from Zechariah chapter 6, and are very similar imagery there. And so you've got the, these four horsemen, and their mission is to wreak havoc on a, on a, and destroy a quarter of the earth. And those, those who are specifically uh, op opposing God and those who are opposing uh, the people of Jesus. So those are the first four, but then we come to the fifth one, and the fifth one's very different, actually. It's very different. When he opened the fifth seal... I saw under the altar the people slaughtered because of God's word and the testimony they had. They cried out with a loud voice, Lord, the one who is holy and true, how long until you judge and avenge our blood from those who live on the earth? So a white robe was given to each of them, and they were told to rest a little while longer until the number would be completed of their fellow slaves and their brothers who were going to be killed just as they had been. Now, I kept saying at the beginning, part of the why is because God has been supremely insulted, because if Jesus was, was, um, was supremely, um, uh, supremely mis... What, what word did I use? It was a good one. Back, 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 back. Nobody's listening, right? wronged hard words uh, uh, su supremely wronged but here's, here's where you get the sense of the, like the people of God have been wronged and they're under the altar and they're crying out and, and they've, been, they've been hurt and wronged they're crying out for justice they're crying out for justice now we see two things here firstly we see that God is definitely listening to prayers He's definitely listening to prayers. And actually, if you want a, 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 a thought, you can think about this passage and other passages in the Bible which talks about people who are alive but dead, but alive but dead, but alive but dead, but alive. Talking to God and praying and intervening, er, interceding uh, for things to happen. It's, it's kind of an interesting thought. But, but here, he's listening to, the, to these prayers and the, the, uh, of those who have been wronged, of people who have been horribly treated, even to the point of death. 
And this end times truth is going to be seen again and that our prayers, that our prayers as we cry out for God to intervene and make things right, to intervene and rightly judge those who are doing evil, to bring justice, rightly bring justice, these are powerful prayers. They're powerful prayers that are going to be answered. They are going to be answered at the perfect time. At the perfect time, the prayers of those who have suffered evil because they have been following Jesus are not going to go unheard. On a much smaller note, in your own lives, just because you've cried out to God for help and you haven't seen that help come about, don't stop. Don't stop crying out to God for help. Just because he, he's not done anything yet doesn't mean you've not been heard. Doesn't mean that your, your prayers are not before him. And, and it doesn't mean that he's not appointed a day, a moment, a second to act on your behalf, to bring answer, to bring justice, to bring help. The, the second thing tied to that that I want to mention here is that God has a very intentional timeline. He, he knows exactly to the person that I have, I have a, I'm going to allow this many people to die, and when this one's done, then it's done. Then I will act. You guys sit tight and tell the perfect number, the, the right number, um, has, has died for their, their faith. In the meantime, they're commanded to rest. Now, I want to say something about prayer here. Because you see these people in heaven, and, and, they're, and they're anxiously awaiting justice. They're calling out to God, God, when? When are you? How long? Are you gonna, how long, O oh Lord, are you going to delay? They're anxiously calling out to God for help, and yet God commands them to continue in their Sabbath rest, their, the, to, to continue to rest. When we're praying and we're pleading to God for things, we need both. We need both of those things. We need to be urgent and pleading, God, act, God, act. Please, don't wait any longer. We need to have an urgency and a restfulness. God, I trust you. I, I'm waiting patiently until the day of my salvation. I'm waiting for your rescue. Now, there's some people who are just like really good at the waiting. I'm so chill. I don't even remember to pray. I'm just so relaxed about this. And then there's other people who are so intense, they can't even smile. They're just like so like, now, oh, I'm so impatient. You know, like that, that sort of thing. It, the right prayer is the combination of urgency and rest, of pleading and patience. That combination. That's free. So then that was the fifth seal. The fifth seal. The, the, what, were, what about the next seal? The, what happens to the sixth seal? Now, this is a big one. Verse 12. And then I saw Jesus, him, open the sixth seal. A violent earthquake occurred. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The entire moon became like blood. The stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its unripe figs when shaken by a high wind. It's not my favorite analogy. I haven't, I haven't seen that, but it, it, it works, and I'm sure that you guys know what that's like. The, so, the sky separated like a scroll being rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the nobles, the military commanders, the rich, the, the powerful, and every slave and free person hid in the caves and among the rocks of the, of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, fall on us. And hide us from the face of the one seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Because the great day of their wrath has come. And who is able to stand? 
and who is able to stand. So this is basically like the destruction of the heavens and the earth. Is this the full destruction? I don't know, but it's pretty close. You've got the heavens rolled back like a scroll. You've got the, 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 earth, the, the, the mountains are moved. The, the, the islands are, 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 are moved. Seems very much like what we're seeing at the end of time with Revelation chapter 21. The people who have ignored God, chosen not to follow him, they're terrified. They're terrified, and they ask one of the most important questions of the ages. When the day of God's judgment comes, when the day of God's wrath, when the day of God's justice comes, who is able to stand? When God brings justice on the earth, who can endure it? Who's guiltless? Who's blameless? Who who has no... Who is able to stand? And it's like the book of Revelation stops right there for a moment. It's like, okay, that is an amazing question. I know we're talking about the, the, the seals. We've gone to one, two, three, four, five, six. We're, we're, you've asked a great question. Who is able to stand? Let's talk about that for a chapter. That question. Who is able to stand? Good question. Who? After that, after this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, restraining the four winds of the earth so that no wind could blow on the earth or on the sea or on any tree. Then I saw another angel who had the seal of the living God rise up from the east. He cried out in a loud voice to the four angels who were empowered to harm the earth and the sea. Don't harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we seal the slaves of our God on their foreheads. Just a quick note, this is not flowing in chronological order. This chat, we've, we've taken a break because we're answering a question. Because if you'd already gone through the six seals, the, the earth is already... Um, Men mostly destroyed. You've, you've had the, the mountains and the islands and everything like that. So we're backing up. We're backing up probably before the, even the first seal is broken, but definitely by the third one where, where the, the plants and, and, and stuff are being impacted. But we're, we're, so we're being back, and, and, and there's this command to not harm, not harm the earth until people are sealed. Who is able to stand? Those who are marked by God. Who is able to stand? Those who are sealed by God. Those who are protected by God. Those who will be victorious by God. They, they are going to be marked. Now, the enemy has his own mark, the mark of the beast, and that's going to be put on people's foreheads. But this is the mark of Jesus, the mark of God putting on people's foreheads, the one that, that protects them. So uh, don't harm the, the sea until we, we mark on their foreheads. Great. Verse 4, And I heard the number of those who were sealed. 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the Israelites. 12,000 sealed from the tribe of Judah. 12,000 from the tribe of Reuben. 12,000 from the tribe of Gad, 12,000 from the tribe of Asher, 12,000 from the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 from the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 from the tribe of Levi. 12,000 from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 from the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 from the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 sealed from the tribe of Benjamin, and a partridge. And a partridge. This is a weird list. This list here, it's weird. Can you look at it? Can you, can you see what's, what's weird about it? It's, it's a weird list. It, it says it's from every tribe of the Israelites, and then it lists them, but that's not the tribes of the Israelites. It's kind of weird. 
The tribes of the Israelites do not include Joseph, second from the bottom. Instead, the tribes of Israel include Manasseh, which is listed, who's Joseph's son, and Ephraim, who's not mentioned. Where's Ephraim? These are not the tribes. You know what other tribe's missing? Dan! Where's Dan? Dan! Dan! What, what's, what's going on with Dan? Oh, oh man. It, man, if I had the name Dan, like, like half of you do, um, I'd be like, oh, man, I got left out of Revelation. Uh, that's, that's the, I get the book of Daniel. I got my own book, but okay. So Dan, where's Dan? It's a weird list. It's not the list of tribes. Uh, another thing, it's not even the list of, of, of maybe, maybe it's Jacob's sons. No, Manasseh's a grandson. And also Dan. Where is Dan? He's, he's not there. If it's the tribes, you would expect Levi. Levi is, is kind of a tribe, but it's the priestly tribe. It's not usually considered one of the 12 because Ephraim and Manasseh make 12. And then there's Levi, the 13th one. It, it's a weird list. You don't see this list any, anywhere else in the Bible. Now, when, when people are looking at this, there's two views on this. One, some people would, would say, okay, these 144,000 people, these are the people... There's some people who would say that these are the genetic descendants of Abraham, and the story goes, according to this view, that there's, uh, this represents the tribulation, seven years tribulation, and so right before the tribulation, I think it works better this way, right? right there we go. We're tracking. Right before the tribulation, okay, there's the rapture and the church. Uh, all, the, all the believers in Jesus are, are raptured, and then the thought is that 144,000 Jewish people give their lives to Jesus, and they're the ones that are sealed and marked, and they believe it, and then and there's a return. Okay, so that, that's one of the views. Now, so that's people who view this, this idea of the genetic descendants of, of, of um, Abraham. I do, I, I want this to be true. That would be my preferred thing. Here, here's the tribulation coming, and here we get out of it, right? And I love the story arc of the idea of the genetic descendants of Abraham uh, being being full of faith and sealed and, and protected in the end times. I have a hard time believing, uh, holding to that view because uh, we've already seen in the book of Revelation just talking about Jews who are, are not. Uh, they're, they're genetically Jews, but they're not. We've seen that a couple times. If you want the expl an explanation about like how the church can be referred to as Abraham's descendants, you want to look at Romans chapter 9, and Paul uh, un unfolds all this. So that's my ideal explanation, uh, understanding, but what I, what I think is, is being said is that the church, the church, the believers on earth are going to be sealed and marked, all of them. Are there going to be 144,000 believers at that time? Some would say yes. I, uh, it seems that that number is symbolic. Uh, it means the ultimate totality of them all is what that number means. 12 is the number, and it means totality. 12 squared, or 12 times 12, means totally, total, total, the totality of totality, and then you multiply that by a thousand and you, for emphasis, right? Because if you want to make something more awesome, you times it by a thousand, and, and, and would you like 20 bucks? Would you like 20 bucks times a thousand? Yes, more awesome. You see how that works? And so you've got 140, so you got this like, this to, the totality of Jesus' people. This totality of Jesus' people. If you, if you want to think of this as, as Jewish people and, and the rapture thing, you are fully blessed and empowered to do this. I am not going to fight. I hope that, that, you're, that, that, that's, that that's how it is. Uh, yeah, so, and we can be friends. Uh, we can be friends, I, I think, it, uh, unless there's other issues going on. So no, no, we can be friends. No, no fighting about this. But some people would think that. 
at the very least, everyone on earth that believes in Jesus, no matter their genetic, no matter what's going on here, everyone who believes in Jesus is going to be sealed. And so the answer, the question is, who can stand the totality of the people on earth who believe in Jesus? All of them can. Every one of them. 12 times 12 times 1,000. Okay, the totality of it all. But then there's another group who can stand. And it says this, after this, verse 9, I looked and there was a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language, which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were robed in white with palm branches in their hands. Now I'm just going to back up. So you talked about the 12, uh, 144,000 from every tribe, and, and that's what John see, uh, that's what John uh, heard. And then when he looks, he sees a multi-ethnic people, a, multi, a multitude from every nation, every tribe, people, and language who no one could number, okay? Stand before there. And they cried out in a loud voice. All these people, they were robed in white and with palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, the elders, the four living creatures. They fell down before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, or truly, or may it be, or if you're old school, verily, verily. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, who are these people robed in white? And where did they come from? I said to him, sir, you know. Then he told me. These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God, and they serve Him day and night in His sanctuary. The one seated on the throne will shelter them. They will no longer hunger. They will no longer thirst. The sun will no longer strike them, nor will any heat. Heaven's like no, no longer any heat. For the Lamb who is at the center of the throne will shepherd them. He will guide them into springs of living waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Again, the question is, who are those who can stand? Who are those who can stand? When God pours out his wrath, first of all, it's those he sealed on the earth, all of the people that, that believe in him, and those he saved. Who did he save? Those who rightly worshipped him. Those who rightly worshipped him. Those he's granted eternal life for, for, for enduring, for suffering, and yet for enduring. Those who rightly praise him for what he has done. See, God is in the process of getting things back to how they ought to be. Well, Jesus is doing that. Where God the Father is rightly worshipped, and Jesus, is, his son, is being rightly adored. And, and who can stand? Who can stand on that day? Those who have endured. Those who have suffered the great tribulation. Those who have been washed clean by Jesus. Those who have wrongly suffered because they choose to follow Jesus, they're never going to suffer that way again. They're never going to suffer. In fact, Jesus is going to take care of them. And, and he's going to take them to wonderful places. And he's going to wipe away every tear from their eye. Family, no matter how much you have suffered or may suffer in the days ahead, because of your belief in Jesus, your, your standing on God's word, maybe you'll be mocked, maybe you'll be misunderstood, maybe you'll be belittled, maybe you'll be shamed, maybe you'll be rejected, lose friends or whatever. 
it's worth it. It, 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 it's always worth it. All the suffering is worth it. Jesus is going to make it right. He sees he's going to make it right. Okay, so that was chapter 7. All about answering the who can stand, the, the sealed ones on the earth and those saved. But we haven't come to the seventh seal. What happens with the seventh seal? When he opened the seventh seal... There was silence in heaven for about half an hour. The seal's been broken. The scroll hasn't been opened yet. We don't know what's on the scroll yet. And everybody's like, what is going to happen? We saw what happened with the first four of these horsemen. We saw, uh, we saw the fifth, the, the people under the altar crying, how long? Then we saw the sixth one where the, where the, the heavens are rolled back and then the, the earth is, 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 is being shattered with the seventh seal. And, and now the scroll can be open. What is going to happen? What is going to happen now? There's silence in heaven. It's like, it's like everybody stops breathing. I don't know if you breathe in heaven, but, but it's like everybody just stops. The angels who never stop saying, holy, 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 silence. The, the, the elders who are worshiping over and over, it's, it's, it's stop. there's like a stunnedness in all of heaven. What is going to happen for a half an hour, for about a half an hour? What's on the scroll? Then I saw the seven angels who stand in the presence of God. Seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel with gold incense burner came and stood at the altar. He was given a large amount of incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the gold altar in front of the throne. The smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints went up in the presence of God from the angel's hand. The angel took the incense burner, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it to the earth. There were rumblings of thunder, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake, and, and the seven angels who had this, the seven trumpets prepared to blow them. The seven seals, or the seventh seal isn't just one thing. There's another round of, of judgments coming, and we're going we're gonna to talk about how people, different, different people view these, if they view them cycles within cycles, or, or just like all these things taking place during the seventh symbol. We're, we'll talk about this in, in, the days, in the days ahead. But one of the things I want you to see is before the trumpets sound, there's again a connection between prayer, between prayer and the outpouring of the justice of God on the earth. The prayers of the people are bringing about the activity of God when it comes to, to justice. And you see how, how, how the prayers of people are being answered with incredible power and force. Never underestimate the power of praying, of praying hard, the power of multiplied prayers of, of people praying for justice, you praying for justice, how they build up in heaven. The power of prayer to move the heart of God finally to act on your behalf, finally to act on His behalf, and to uh, finally to act in justice, in goodness, in, in your life, in your situation, and just, just in this city, this nation, this nation, this generation, this world. If you believe in Jesus, whatever evils you're experiencing, they're not going to continue forever. And it's not going unnoticed. You may feel like... Nobody sees, God sees. He remembers. Your prayers are not going unheard. Jesus, the victorious lamb who was slain, hears you 
and is going to act in power. The end draws near God's patience when it comes to being supremely wronged. It's coming to an end. And rapidly we're approaching the day where everyone who is, exists at that time will, will cry out uh, and worship God as, as, the, as the one who is worthy of worship. God the Father and Jesus the Son. God's patience connected to you who are being wronged is coming to an end. And Jesus is going to make all things grant, right and grant you the justice. Grant you the justice that you've been praying for. There's something in this imagery about all these prayers coming before God. We're about to start 40 days of prayer here at the church. And there is very much something about the about intensely piling up the same prayers to God, asking Him to act in our world, asking Him to act in your life, asking Him to act in your situations, uh, to pray on behalf of someone and their, their salvation, to pray on behalf of, of, of help for you and for your situation. God is mighty and He's able and He's listening. And, and, we're, and during these 40 days, we're going to pile these prayers up before God. And I'm, I'm going to ask you to choose one thing. In fact, I'll just say the challenge and then I'll keep talking. The challenge is this today. Write down one main thing to focus on praying about for the next 40 days. Think about, think of your prayers ascending before God's throne, like, like, like uh, combined with incense. Read the prayer blog every day, and that's to help build your faith a little bit. As you're thinking about your prayers, you're going to be inspired. Okay, I'm going to read this. Okay, yeah, that's right. This is what the Bible says about prayer good okay now i'm gonna pray harder my faith i was gonna pray this hard but now that i've read the blog i'm gonna pray this hard i mean this hard whatever oh brian wrote it no <laughs> just kidding uh so so you've got you got these you got this 40 days of prayer coming now again choose one thing justice for, for your life, your situation, God's help or whatever. Um, whatever whatever your, your normal is, I want you to raise the bar for these 40 days. Maybe you're like, 40 days of praying? That would be amazing. I've never done that before in my life. Great. Here, here we go. We're going we're gonna to give it a go starting tomorrow. Uh, for some of you, you're like, I do pray every day. Um, and, and you're like, no, literally, okay, then how can I take the next level? I'm going to do the prayer blog, but then I'm going to, okay, for me, I've set my alarms on my watch, and, and they, they go off at certain times throughout the day, and I'm remembering to pray uh, for God. If you're like, when, should I, when, when could I set my alarms if I wanted to do something like that? Well, Daniel, Daniel's kind of good at praying. He prayed three times a day at 9 at noon and at 3 p.m. Why? Morning and evening sacrifice and midday. So maybe you want to try something like that, or maybe there's other times that you want, want to do that. But what I want you to do is, is pick something and be intentional about it. Um, and, and, and do what it takes for you to remember and be inspired. Now, um, I, I, I bought um, a, a band. I was going to call it a bracelet, but I'm a man. It's a band. Uh, for, for my wrist, which, which is here, and, I, and that's why I'm wearing long sleeves so you can't see it. And, 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 I, and I'm wearing it to, to remind me, and I can feel it all the time. It's incredibly uncomfortable. I was expecting something more comfortable. But to, to remind me uh, about God. Now, it has a lot of meaning for it. Now, I, I've refu I haven't shown anybody else. Should I, should I show you? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't show the other things. Okay, it is, there's, 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 there's the awesome scale, and there's the cool scale, and this is kind of down here. Uh, on, okay, I'll show you, but just because just it's you guys. Okay, so here we go. Okay, so I've got this band here, and you're like, that is the stupidest thing ever. Okay, yeah, but it means something to me. This rope, it's one of those uh, ropes where it, this can carry three times my weight, this rope. 
like if you unwind it, if you unweave it, right? And you know what, part, this means a lot to me, but one of the things this means to me is God is well more than able to carry me. He's well more than able to carry me from where I am now to where I'm asking him to take me. He's mighty, he's strong. This, this can carry well over three times my weight. And so, like, for that, it's always, it's always on my wrist to remind me as I'm praying to build my faith. No, God is able to do this. He's able to answer these prayers, and he's able to take me from here to where I'm asking him to take me. Now, maybe, maybe you come up with something for yourself that'll kind of remind you. Um, and, and come up with, you know, and then you'll wear long sleeves for the rest of the month. That, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, so we're going to do that prayer challenge. It's going to start tomorrow. Now, I'm telling you, I, I've done a lot of fasting but I've been surprised at how much 40-day prayer challenges have made an impact. 